the way I see healthcare transitioning is to a kind of predictive maintenance model. Hello, welcome to the episode 6 of the Belk IoT podcast. IoT everything with me, Sai Prakash Belkeri. So in this episode 6, we'll have only two things for the discussion. One is around project chip, which is probably going to be the most important thing in IoT soon. And the other thing is the healthcare in IoT, how IoT can just save our lives. To talk about this, we'll have our guest today who is Tom Raftery, who is a global VP at SAP. Okay, only two things, but we are going to uh, dive much deeper into both of them. So first thing, project chip. The project chip was uh, started in December 2019, which was a collaboration between major uh, companies like Amazon, Google, and Apple with Zigbee Alliance uh, to develop a, a standard basically to overcome the main issue in IoT. The issue that even the manufacturers are facing and also the end consumers are. So let's talk about it. So the project chip, as I told, was started uh, with this uh, collaboration between Zigbee Alliance and these major companies and a lot of other companies also who are working together to solve this issue. So what is this issue in the first place? This is called interoperability uh, basically uh, with uh, the IoT devices. So these IoT devices that are out there uh, do not have a particular standard of communication with each other. So each company was coming up with their own standards and uh, they were trying to build their own devices with maximum number of uh, communication channels that are available out there. So if you've already used any kind of IoT device, you might have observed the fact that you know that these IoT devices cannot talk to each other that easily uh, and they come with their own, you know, communication channels like some come with bluetooth or wi-fi and few other come with zigbee or you know any other uh, communication protocol as uh, for that matter so so if, if you look at your regular mobile phones or laptops they come from different manufacturers they they might be from apple or hp or any other uh, uh, mobile phones like Samsung or again MI or uh, Micromax in for that matter they they come with they come from these different uh, manufacturers but still are able to talk to each other or your home router which is Wi-Fi so Wi-Fi is a standard protocol that was formulated uh, for for this communication to be established between these devices but IoT is n not uh, standardized in that way, wasn't standardized in that way. And that's where the efforts of Project Chip are, uh, you know, focused towards. So what they're essentially doing is they aren't changing anything on, uh, I, I mean, I don't know uh, still because the Project Chip hasn't announced uh, their 
you know plans clearly they haven't put out any specifications clearly but they are essentially saying that they they will be working on ip based uh, protocols which are uh, you know internet protocol the regular internet wifi ble or thread also for that matter for those who do not know what thread is it is also a similar kind of protocol which was recently launched back in 2017 and uh, is being widely adopted uh, lately so this project chip essentially is working on the application layer if you go to zigbee alliance website or uh, you can visit connectedhomeip.com which is the official website for this project chip to where, where you'll find basically the uh, the architectural diagram and this project chip is essentially being worked upon the application layer which will be you now overlaid upon all these different communication protocols and that's where uh, it is well placed so all the uh, you know hardware would be as is and everything could be essentially fixed with this uh, update uh, probably from project chip it's so it's it's still a long way to go uh, i don't know how far it has been reached but there is a, the reason i was discussing all these things is that uh you know recently on 18th of november there was an update from project chip uh, or zigbee alliance saying that from now project chip will also be uh you know working on they they basically have formed a team dedicated to the development and promotion of the standard for commercials also which uh, you know is a important moment i think so because project chip the chip basically stands for connected home over ip but now they are also working on you know the commercial uh, commercial iot projects so that's what it is so definitely project chip would be uh, you know a great breakthrough if it really works out well i hope so it will work out well because i you know i i'm just going by the you know big brands there amazon google apple and also zigbee alliance itself uh, so definitely i think it should work out well uh, also there is some uh, other there are other parallel works that are going on to solve this problem uh, basically by you know ieee and team from hyderabad ieee chapter is actively working on it there is also an other organization called ocf which is open connectivity foundation they are also working on these things a uh, lot of uh, you know uh, different entities are working on this thing as this is a serious issue and probably one of the huge hindrances that is uh, causing iot to you know not explored exactly and reach to the masses so that that's all about project chip i hope that was informative for you and i'll keep you updated uh, further about whatever updates on project chip from here on okay so in this 
ask bell coyote sections i actually do not have any questions in box uh, so i have to skip this section but still you can send me your questions uh, on belkiot.in/podcast by hitting that orange record button or also since a uh, recent feedback from one of my friends that not everyone likes to send audio messages uh you can also tweet me your questions by on twitter basically on my handle which is @belkerisai or you can also tweet it at belkiot @belkiot and finally the last and most awaited section of this podcast where we have today tom raftery who is a great thought leader around iot and a futurist and innovation evangelist a global vp for sap also he is a podcaster and he has been podcasting for more than a decade for now today he is with us to talk about how iot can basically save our lives and how ground breaking change is iot bringing into this healthcare industry hello tom thanks a lot for joining me uh, in this episode of podcast i've been trying to get you on my podcast since a long time and finally i have you uh, thanks a lot for your uh, time here and uh, quickly start by uh, you talking about yourself can you quickly introduce about yourself to our audience so that they get to know better sure sure and uh, thank you for inviting me to the podcast i my name is tom raftery i'm a global VP, a futurist and innovation evangelist working for SAP. SAP, for people who might not be aware, is a large multinational uh, software company. Uh, we build software that's used in the uh, back end of lots of companies. It's often used for uh, ERP. It's used for a lot of business to business uh, transactions. Uh, it powers a lot of manufacturing hotels airlines you, you name it we cross about 26 different industries globally and we uh we we power about 77% of the world's financial transactions um i in as part of my role in sap i run a podcast at the moment called the digital supply chain podcast uh which goes out twice a week mondays and fridays Uh, and I also uh, am starting a new podcast called the Climate Twenty One Podcast, which is a podcast to highlight uh, successful emissions reduction strategies and stories uh, that have been utilized by organizations globally. Um, and it's to share those, you know, best practices so other organizations can learn how they. can reduce their emissions and you know the first uh, few interviewees on the climate 21 podcast will include an executive board member of SAP uh, for episode 1 uh, i'll have one of the top guys from shell uh, as episode number 2 uh, then i have the chief chief uh, environmental officer of microsoft uh, probably episode number 3 and so on and so on so lots of very high profile people coming on that podcast and that'll be starting in the next couple of weeks that's that's really awesome that's that's a lot of uh, you know great uh, 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 podcast being cooked up uh, uh, i see 
uh, it's really great and also i've been listening to your digital supply chain podcast it's it's it, it really gives me a lot of insights about uh, uh, you know uh, the, the nuances of uh, how things uh, are and also the technologies how they are being used uh, in different uh, verticals uh, thanks a lot for that and sure. you know all this uh, the my podcast the bilk iot podcast is all about uh, iot so i've seen you you have uh, given you know many great uh, uh, you know keynotes and you know across the world uh, you have uh, shared st- stage with uh, many big de- delegates across the world so you know i just wanted to get to know what is your perspective of iot and what because there's no i uh, although it's standardized in a way but i see everyone has their own definition of iot i just want to know what is your definition of iot sure um well as you say it it's it's uh it's hugely mixed lots of people have different interpretations of it uh, the way i see it is it is just the connection of everything to the internet so uh, increasingly more and more devices uh, come with what I call smarts and connectivity. You know, they come with uh, chips built into them to allow them to do compute. And they come with, uh, it could be a Bluetooth chip. It could be a Wi-Fi chip. It could be a Li-Fi chip. It could be uh, a 3G or a 4G or a 5G chip, you know, or a modem is probably more accurate there in those cases. So, more and more devices are coming with smarts and connectivity. And so the internet that we knew uh, in the, you know, early 2000s um, is changing. It's going beyond the realm of just computers. Uh, It's the first place it went beyond computers was to mobile phones. Mm -hmm. And now it's going to everything else. Uh, It's going to the lights that are in front of me here pointed at my face. It's going to the soundboard I have here on the desk beside me. It's going to the watch on my wrist. It's going to my television in the other room there. It's going to more and more and more devices are being connected. And to me, that's the internet of things. It's the things that are connected to the internet. Wow. Wow. That's very well put. Like, you know, uh, it's, you have also covered like how it has been evolving over the time. Uh, and it, it is definitely making a lot of change to each and everyone, uh, you know, uh, around the globe. Also, you know, in your life, it has made a tremendous change. Uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, it has, uh, definitely helped you a lot with uh, uh, especially your son with uh, a lot of uh, uh, difficulties that he was facing uh, with with his health so why don't you talk about uh, it uh, and how in general i uh, healthcare in iot is making a difference sure sure so uh, as you as you rightly say um, my older son mm-hmm. um, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes <clears throat> And for people who are unaware, type 1 diabetes is the bad one. It's the one where you need to um, measure your blood sugar levels multiple times a day Mm -hmm. and then inject yourself with insulin multiple times a day. And the amount of insulin that you inject at those times is related to the blood sugar measurements that you do. 
So if your blood sugar measurement is really high, you inject more insulin. If your blood sugar level is low, you inject very little or maybe even none, uh, mostly very little. Uh, or if it's very low, you actually eat some sugar to bring up your blood sugar level. Oh. Um, so initially, and for quite a long time, what people with diabetes have done is they get a little needle and they uh, prick the top of their finger and squeeze out a drop of blood and, you know, bring their finger to what's called a glucometer, which is a blood sugar reader mm-hmm. uh, that sucks in the drop of blood. And then it, after a few seconds or a few minutes, depending on which kind of device you're using, it then gives a readout of your blood sugar level and then you work away based on that. And if you have to do that multiple times a day, you very quickly start oh to run out God. of fingers. That's that's really scary. You know, you're, you're, you're talking five to six times a day is typical. So uh, my son did this and he was taking, you know, he'd look at the, the reading on the device and he'd write it down in a notebook and he would bring that notebook to the medical team uh, every couple of months and they'd leaf through the pages looking for, you know, time of day, blood sugar level, time of day, blood sugar level. So they were looking for patterns of his blood sugar level over the different times of day to better advise him on how much insulin to inject at those times. And then he was transitioned onto, to your point about the Internet of Things, he was transitioned onto a sensor called a Libre Freestyle sensor, Mm -hmm. which is one that you attach onto the back of your arm. Okay. It has a needle built into it. Mm -hmm. It stays on your arm for two weeks, after which time you remove it, and then you get another one and you put it on the back of your other arm for the next two weeks and so on, arm to arm every two weeks, you change them. These sensors uh, obviously measure blood sugar levels, but they've also got a built-in NFC chip and a built-in Bluetooth chip Mm -hmm. so they can connect to my son's phone. So they're constantly sending the information of his blood sugar levels to his phone. And if they go low, they send an alert. Uh, The sensor, instead of six readings a day, it takes one reading every minute. So that's 1,440 readings per day. The data is from his phone. It's uploaded to a personal private health cloud where his medical team have access to it and where there's a suite of analytics that can run different reports on it. So you get a much better view of the information. Mm -hmm. And that way, his medical team are in a much, much stronger position to assess and to advise him on how he's doing health wise. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 it has made a huge difference because A, doesn't have to prick his fingers as much. So his fingers aren't covered in, you know, blood and scars and things. Okay. And B, he's getting far better access to much better, much richer real time information. Mm-hmm. Yep, that, that's that's so true. I mean, uh, the 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 amount of shift that it has really is groundbreaking because uh, he the the main thing he, uh, apart from his regular uh, pain that he has to go through with di- diabetes, he also had to prick his fingers with uh, you know needle every fi- uh, you know every day five times a day, and uh, that's so painful and it has completely shifted it. Uh, I just you know, I'm just curious a little more about, uh, uh, you know, the sensor. Is it, uh, you know, uh, is it that 
uh, it's it's a battery driven sensor or what kind of technology is it um i don't know to be sure there's probably a small battery in it but i honestly haven't uh, thought about how it's powered mm-hmm. um it does only last two weeks after which time you dispose of it and put on a new one so uh yeah i'm not i'm not sure where the 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 energy source for it comes from maybe it's maybe it's heat driven i don't know oh. um but no i don't know is the short answer i haven't mm-hmm. haven't investigated it okay that, that that's okay i mean I, I was also looking at you know uh uh i was you know going through this uh uh you know uh, online video which uh, was which was an interview on this on similar topics which uh, which uh, where a company uh, i don't remember the name exactly but they were developing a non invasive uh, uh, sensor which can uh, sense all kind of uh, you know patterns in your blood basically so it can also be used for di- diabetes uh, but uh, it, it what it does basically is it's uh, you know it emits some signals and based on uh, you know based on the temperature of uh, the the uh, based on the temperature they kind of measure what is the you know what is the amount of uh, cells or what what are the different uh, uh, you know ingredients of the sample and based on that they they are able to precisely predict what is the uh, you know what is the, the what is the current state of his blood uh, also it, they are also going on to predict that you know it 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 can also pre, uh, test all kind of blood it can do all kind of blood tests with that uh, including the narcotics uh, I, I mean if anybody has uh, consumed some drugs they can also be able to detect that with just that non uh, invasive sensor which is kind of a wristband uh, which we have a fit band uh, and I, I thought that's a really great technology. I, I'm sure that will help your son too. How is he doing now, actually? Oh, he's doing very well. He's doing very well. He's uh, in the other room playing some computer games at the moment because uh, it's Friday afternoon here and uh, it's heading into the weekend. So he's playing uh, computer games with his friends online. Wow, that's great. That's great. Uh, so uh, what do you see? Like, I, I'm sure you, you uh, travel across the globe and how do you see... Uh, how is healthcare in iot shifting and wh- what do you see uh, where do you see the opportunities and uh, uh, what is the future with healthcare in iot mm. so yeah the the example i gave is obviously a quite personal one but it it speaks to a broader shift in healthcare where more and more healthcare devices are like i said earlier getting smarts and connectivity added to them Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible now, for example, through an Apple Watch to measure your blood oxygen levels or to do an EKG or uh, to do fall detection. And if you fall down, it can call the emergency services. And that's just with an Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go onto Amazon and you can find blood pressure cuffs that are connected so that you take your blood pressure and it uploads it to, again, personal private health clouds. Uh, you have connected weighing scales, all these kind of things. So uh, the way I see healthcare transitioning is to a kind of predictive maintenance uh, model. So for people who are unfamiliar with predictive maintenance, uh, if you think of a car that you buy, 
today when you buy a car you get a maintenance book with the car typically and it says okay bring the car in for maintenance at uh, 500 kilometers at 6,000 kilometers at 12,000 kilometers at you know and so on and so on and so on at, at, at okay. set times in the life of the car and of course those are just you know estimates uh, you should probably bring it in around this because roughly at that point it needs a change of oil or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so often you're bringing it in for maintenance when it needs no maintenance at all or very little maintenance. And that's wasteful. So predictive maintenance is when the sensors in the car, in this case, in this example, mm-hmm. kind of go, uh, actually, we need a bit of maintenance now, please. So, you know, uh, already in cars, I mean, my car outside has sensors built into it, which tell me when the tires are underinflated, you know, uh, so, and that, that's quite, that's quite common. I've seen that in lots of cars now. Uh, and, you know, obviously they'll tell you if it needs an oil change or something. Well, mine won't because my, mine's an electric car, so it doesn't ha- have an oil requirement. But, you know, more and more sensors are being built into cars and more and more the cars can go to a predictive maintenance model where you don't have scheduled maintenance, but the maintenance is based on when the car actually needs it rather than on a set schedule, which is just someone's best guess. So bringing it back to healthcare, same kind of idea. We will increasingly be wearing devices which are measuring our vital statistics Mm-hmm. And they will be uploading those vital statistics to a personal private health cloud where we will allow our trusted healthcare provider have access to that information. And often our data will be going up to the cloud saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. It might be sending our temperature and our temperature might be the typical kind of 37 degrees. So it's 37 degrees every minute, 37, 37, 37, 37, 37. And that's boring. And I won't say it's useless information, but it's boring information, which tells us nothing except you're fine. I'm fine now. I'm fine now. I'm fine now. I'm fine now. But what happens is you build exception management rules into the personal private health cloud, such that if some of your data goes above or below particular thresholds, an alert is sent to your healthcare provider. And then she or he opens up your personal private health cloud, looks at all your data and either straight away goes, oh, I know what that is, or uses an AI to go through what could be months of data, Mm -hmm. look at all these different uh, data that's there and go, okay, 90% it's this, 10% it's this, and there's a slight possibility it might be this. And in the case of the 90% one, here's how you treat it. In the case of the 10% one, here's how you treat and so on and so on. So your healthcare provider now has a diagnosis before you even walked in the door. Wow. And you might not even be aware until you get a phone call from your healthcare provider saying, Tom, I've noticed something in your vitals. Why don't you come in and we'll have a chat? You go in. Correct. Sit down. And the doctors there going, look, here's what it says here. Uh, I'd like to double check it. Uh, I think it might be this, this or this. And look, let's start you on this treatment or whatever it is, or, you know, give up salt or whatever the, whatever the, the, the prescription is, you know, so that's where 
logically where we're going with the world of, you know, smarts and connectivity in healthcare. Uh, it's, it's what's happening already today in industry for machines, everything from wind turbines out in the North Sea, sending data back to the control centers in London, you know, all the way through to farm machinery and so on and so on, all sending that data back. And suddenly something goes out of tolerance and oops, OK, we need to change that. Got it. I mean, definitely the predictive maintenance is much more required, especially after, uh, you know, the, the, the pandemic hit that we have seen. Uh, it, 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 it's definitely required because I've been working on predictive maintenance kind of projects uh, from quite some time, uh, which are related to Industry 4.0 uh, in kind of implementations. Uh, I've worked for a couple of clients uh, at my company, but uh, it, you know, it, it's very uh rather than to this industry is the first priority should be humans and that's where yeah. it's it's uh, very much important and uh, it's it's growing uh, very well but what are the key challenges that you see uh, with uh, with iot in healthcare i i'm sure like you know uh, the data is one of the key issues you know we don't know uh, uh, how the data might be exploited, uh, you know, when when we talk about AI, that that goes into a never-ending debate. But uh, what are the other challenges that we are seeing, so that uh, which is uh, stopping us to uh, reach the pinnacle of it, uh, or you know, what is it stopping for us? Maybe, uh, and also I w- I would like to know what is the pricing of it what, what kind of pricing on average i know it might be different for different devices but uh, is it affordable is what is question. yeah good questions um so is it affordable um the answer to that like many of these things is it depends mm-hmm. uh the reason i say that is because um the management of going back to my son, the management of um, people who have type 1 diabetes, you know, most countries in the, in the world, with one exception, the United States, most countries in the world significantly subsidize the healthcare of people with type 1 diabetes. They subsidize the insulin, they subsidize the glucometers, they subsidize the visits to the healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. And there's a very good reason for that. The reason they do that is because if they don't do that, then these people get sick Uh. and they get very sick and then they get very, very sick and then they go into a coma with something that's entirely preventable. Mm -hmm. And if the government just pays, you know, um, a a vial of insulin is like 40 euro uh, wholesale. It costs us four euros. So the government here in Spain subsidizes it, you know, 36 euros per vial. Oh, okay. And uh, a vial lasts a couple of weeks, you know. Mm. So that's not expensive. And my son consequently will grow up to be a healthy uh, um, individual capable of contributing economically to the country. Yep. So... The, the, the government, the tax system are investing in him and he will become a positive contributor to society. Whereas if they didn't pay for his health care, 
then he would be a drag, an economic drag on society. Got it. So, and, and that's, that's why questions around the cost of healthcare are always fraught because very often it's cheaper to pay for the healthcare rather than let the person become sick and then try and cure them. And then they become a, a drag, on an economic drag. So that that's the issue around cost. Uh, what's the greatest challenge? There, there are a number of challenges. Um, a lot of these things uh, have to hit kind of a, a scale uh, to be rolled out. Um, uh, there's issues around data privacy and security that you alluded to as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're quite real. And I guess the other issues are around um, legislation. Uh, there's very little legislation around these things because the speed at which the technologies are rolling out is far faster than the ability of politicians to keep up. Got it. Uh, too many of our politicians are accountants and lawyers and t- too few of them are engineers, scientists, uh, etc. Um so the the technical expertise of our political class is sadly deficient. And we see that globally. It's a global issue. We see that in the the uh, pace of change of legislation, particularly with respect to technological things as a result. And also, to, to be fair, uh, a lot of doctors are uh, have a tough time keeping up with the technological advancements as well. Um, Issues around AI. um, I think think AI has got enormous potential in healthcare. Uh, If you just just think of the kinds of pattern recognition that AI can do and the orders of magnitude faster than humans it can do it. Uh, We've seen teams in MIT develop um, AI, artificial intelligence, that can scan mammograms and detect breast cancer there five years ahead of radiographers. Five years ahead of radiographers. I mean, that's just, that's insane. Uh, And the the thing is, um, these AIs can read these mammograms or any kind of MRI scans or things like that you know, much, much faster and more accurately than human radiographers. So what's going to happen there is, let's say you have a hospital uh, that does a thousand MRIs a day. Mm-hmm. Well, it's extremely difficult for a team of radiographers to go through those scans and diagnose based on them. What's far better is if those thousand scans are scanned by an AI and, you know, the the AI scans 1,000 of them and says, nothing, 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 nothing. Oops, not sure. You better take a look at this, you know. And then 80% of them are checked by the AI and said, okay, these are fine. These ones have this. Not sure about these 100 over here. So could you take a look at those 100 for me? Hmm. And that way, you've got 1,000 scans Let's say 50% of them have a diagnosis, 50% of them or 40% of them uh, are clear and 10% of them are sent for checking by a human radiographer. 
Got it. Got it. So that's that's uh, a lot of human effort reduced, and also you know going back to the point uh, where you said uh, politicians are not uh, you know very much qualified. Uh, that remember uh, that reminds me of uh, uh, you know the podcast of Joe Rogan uh, where uh, Elon Musk was there, and he was telling about uh, how you know how he explained the whole things to the uh, you know the the board uh, the the, the complete uh, you know senate and uh, uh, none of them could actually understand it and uh, none of them actually took any action on it that's that's so uh, bad and uh, i think mm. the, the we as youth uh, can change it definitely uh, i so t- tell me what what uh, what is what qualification does narendra modi have well he uh, he doesn't have a good qualification but i definitely think he's a good leader uh, because uh, he knows whom to employ at the right place okay. uh, and you know the best example i can give you is uh, the way he handled uh, the pandemic of uh, coronavirus uh, because uh, we we, we uh, there was a app here uh, launched by government called arogya setu Uh, which actually precisely showed uh, the uh, pinpointed location of where the uh, affected people are so that people can you know get aware of it and stay uh, safeguard themselves so that they don't get uh, affected by it uh that's how he is using also he has used uh, a lo- there are a lot of examples i i greatly admire him because uh he actually is using technology to uh, you know remove corruption uh, he has uh, made a lot of policies very much transparent uh, by you know directly sending uh, the first thing that he made possible was uh, a lot of people under poverty line and also uh, the lower middle class people didn't have a bank account uh, also so he ga- he brought in uh, something called as jan dhan account uh, which uh, uh gave zero balance accounts to uh, bank accounts to each and everyone and also all the scheme related uh, funds are directly transferred to their account so that all these middle people who used to loot the money are gone in a single shot so that's yes. how uh, he's uh, although he- he's done great things he's done great things for renewables as well uh, I, i remember when he was first elected the state he had come from Mm-hmm. had had a really good record on renewables yes. and now he's starting to do this, the same for the the entire country of india yes he's he's definitely a great leader and uh, the way he handles uh, you know external affairs also with uh, india and is making india really a strong country uh, going forward so good that's what it is uh, i just you know i just admire him a lot uh, i i can't uh, uh, no one can deny that uh, unless he uh, he has some personal grudge on him <laughs> so uh, moving uh, moving on to the next question uh, uh, what i just wanted to understand is how is that uh, uh, you know sap is doing uh, for for iot uh, in a broader spectrum and uh, uh, and w- what are there any projects around healthcare or uh, is it uh, you know is it uh, mainly focusing on, on pro- providing iot platforms because uh, a lot of uh, uh, issues that i see whenever we approach to some client as you know as an employee whenever we sit with some clients uh, discussing with them 
they definitely say we have this ERP system and 90% of this times uh, it's SAB. So how do we integrate this with the, you know, upcoming technology that we are bringing? How do we, uh, you know, how do we use the current thing, but still, uh, you know, that the, the main issue that we see in IoT is interoperability. How do how is SAP trying to bridge that gap so that any kind of technology comes into picture uh, can be connected to it? Uh, uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. So um, we have got lots of products in the IoT space. Is the first thing to say. Uh, everything from you know edge computing uh, through to our SAP cloud platform through to uh, connect connections into our ERP system. So we we have the whole thing from edge back to back to the the center. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have great partnerships with companies like uh, Microsoft and Siemens and others uh, to help integrate those into our systems as well. Um, we have lots of examples of successful implementations with customers from everything to to your point healthcare through to railroads through to you know y- you name it. Uh, we're taking in huge amounts of information, processing it in real time, time mm-hmm. series information from IoT devices, yep. uh, from manufacturing as well. Uh, you know all kinds of valves and flow meters, and you name it. Everything that you find on a ma- manufacturing floor that's sending data, we can take that in in real time, and we can crunch it and send it back out again. Uh, we can kick off work orders, the whole thing. So you know we we, we cover it from end to end. Uh, and any any gaps that you might find in there are covered. If they're not covered by us, they're covered by our partners. In terms of interoperability, uh, we have been part of uh, several of the, um, and I've, I've forgotten the name now, of the uh, fora that set the standards, particularly OCF? around... The, the, sorry? OCF? Yes, for example, we're heavily involved in that and one or two of the other ones as well. Uh, so, you know, we're involved in setting the the, the standards uh, for uh, IoT implementations to make sure that everyone's on the same kind of architecture and everything can talk to everything, whether it's manufacturing machines, whether it's, uh, as I said, trains, anything like that, you know, that everyone's talking off the same hymn book so that every everything can work in conjunction with each mm-hmm. other. We have a nice white paper which came out uh, a few weeks ago. I did a podcast on it with Elvira Wallace. There's a link in that podcast, in the show notes of that podcast, to the white paper. And it talks about how, you know, IoT and Edge are enablers for Industry 4.0. So lots of great information in that as well. Ah, that's that's really great. Also, I don't know if SAP is part of uh, Project Chip uh, that's out there uh, uh, there's a recent, uh, you know, update on the project yesterday. I am, if I'm not sure, uh, but uh, in the last week, not yesterday, but uh, uh, also I feel that that's a great project that's been done by Samsung, Google, and uh, I, I don't remember the other companies, but all these in partnership around the same lines uh, that you know that we want to generalize and, uh, and the, the basic sure. connectivity I mean- protocols. Because because we've got such a big footprint in mm-hmm. uh, in in the space, because we're talking to everybody, uh, any of these standards that arise, we buy into them straight away because we have to because our customers expect it. So yeah, we're all over that. Got it. Got it. Uh, that's that's really great. Uh, you know, uh, 
a lot of great discussions on today's podcast uh i really uh you know think uh, no one can could explain uh, iot in healthcare better than you because uh, you have seen it uh, and you know in, in such a person so thanks a lot for your time today and uh, any final notes that you want to add um i don't think so thanks thanks for having me on the show sai and thanks to your listeners for their attention and interest and uh best of luck with uh, everything going forward i mean we're in the middle of a pandemic so best of luck with that best of luck professionally and uh, uh to everyone listening stay happy stay safe stay sane thanks a lot all right so that brings me to the end of this episode 6 i hope really you liked it and uh, i'll keep bringing such an interesting episodes further so please 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 encourage me by following or subscribing wherever you get your podcast from also you can join me by logging on to belkiot.in slash join us there's a hyphen between join and us and you can join my telegram group so that you can stay updated with the current trends a lot of other things i've been posting about uh, a lot of courses free courses uh, a lot of different updates on iot and in technology in general so if you want to stay updated with all these things also a lot of job opportunities here and there uh, so please make sure you join that group so that uh, you can stay updated to join that again please log on to belkiot.in/join us there's a hyphen between join and us so make sure you put that there uh, thank you thanks for listening till the end and keep doing awesome as always